ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, everyone, welcome to The Binge Buster Show, coming to you live this week from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South. And uh, right now, I'm going to bring on my co-host, cohort, co-conspirator, I'm talking about Chris Rock and Roll Plano. Chris, what is going on? Whoo, terrific, Tony. Another week is upon us. I'm excited about tonight's show. We have a lot to talk about going on in the professional wrestling world, the music scene. Whew, we're in the hot, in the midst of the dog days of summer here. I'm telling you. And uh, Chris, talking about some uh, huge news uh, coming Coming uh, this this past week, man, from uh, Titan Towers, uh, the uh, the man himself, Vince McMahon, announcing his retirement. Uh, that was a shocker. From uh, what do you think? I mean, Tony. Uh, yeah, Vince McMahon has been in the in, in the forefront of, uh, of of wrestling news over the last several weeks uh with some you know breaking news of behind the scene payoffs uh possible affairs uh god only knows what's going to come out of this thing and now all of a sudden this week it was announced that you know triple h uh was coming back to the wwe to to um to regain his role again we know stephanie mcmahon has taken over as interim CEO or CEO of the company. And then all of a sudden, Mr. McMahon, the chairman has now retired and stepped down from his position, probably with pressure from the board of directors, pressures internally and, uh, and just externally as no longer really wanting to be the face of, of the organization. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, I think that there's a whole lot more, uh, to that than meets the eye, kind of like the transformers. Uh, we just got to kind of hang low and uh, keep our eyes peeled and ears listening just to see what that is. But this Sunday, uh, Chris, it's the big uh, the big match, the final match of Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, that is coming up this week on pay-per-view. Right now, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and come back. When we get back, Chris and I are going to be talking about Ric Flair's last match coming up right after this. Jim Crockett Promotions presents Ric Flair's Last Match, July 31st at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. StarCast Weekend in Nashville, bringing wrestling companies together for one of the most unique cards ever assembled. Main evented by Ric Flair's Last Match. Tickets are on sale right now at rickflairslastmatch.com. And you can catch the show live streaming on pay-per-view and Fight TV for only $34.99. Ric Flair's Last Match. Walk in that aisle one more time for the last time. StarCast is presented in part by ProWrestlingTees.com. T-shirts designed and sold by over 2,500 pro wrestlers. By Lenny Bakken, certified financial planner. And by Powerbomb Pizza, pizza crafted and sold by pro wrestlers. Powerbomb Pizza, powered by Kitsch Data. All right, fans, we are back here on the Binge Buster Show. Chris, uh, just a, in just in a few short days, Ric Flair is going to be lacing up the boots, pulling up the trunks, putting on the robe and walking that aisle one more time. 
And, uh, man, it, it just seems like over the last few weeks it's all blown up between he, uh, Jay Lethal, and uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and now Rick has brought on his uh, son-in-law uh, to team up with him. Uh, Chris, I think this tag match is going to be one for the ages. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> you're right, Tony. Uh, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, over the next several days, this upcoming weekend, will be the uh, epicenter of professional wrestling here in the United States and, and Canada, Mexico, around the world, um, as there are numerous wrestling events taking place in Nashville throughout Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's going to be capped off Sunday night by the final match. We've been told this is the final match. I hope deep down it is the final match uh, for Ric Flair. And, you know, he could walk that aisle, do his thing. And, you know, I hope he can go back walking that aisle. It's going to be tough for him. It's going to be tough for him. However, this match ends. It's going to be very tough for him to exit out of that squared circle and, and take that walk back to that locker room, knowing this is your last time. That's going to be so tough. You think the walk down is going to be tough? The walk back is going to be much, much tougher. And I, and I hope if he can get back to the locker room, he will be satisfied saying this is his final match. And, and I, for, for him, I hope it is. Yeah, and not only uh, this weekend is it going to be Ric Flair's final match, but it's also one more, one more that will they call it the one last ride for the Full Horsemen. I'm talking mm -hmm. about they're all going to be getting together: Ric Flair, Lex Luger, uh, Barry Windham, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and J.J. Dillon. Uh, they're they're going to be there, and also the roast of Ric Flair, which would be really cool. Uh, to, to see and witness uh, that's coming up uh, this weekend as well. Uh, but what everybody is waiting on and here and waiting to see is this tag team grudge match that has really blown up over the last few weeks between Ric Flair, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, it is a main event caliber here and taking place in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, that is coming up uh, this weekend. So uh, if you can't be in Nashville, uh, you can still see it on pay-per-view and on fight. Uh, just, uh, you know, log into the, to the website and, uh, it's very easy to uh, navigate, go through there, pick what you want to see. I, I, bl I believe they have a, a package deal where you can watch the whole thing or you can break it up into, uh, certain things like just the last match, or you want to watch the horseman or you want to see the roast, uh, Personally, Chris, I think myself, I'm going. I'm possibly thinking of getting the roast, and uh, and then of course the last match. But then again, I may just get the last match, or I might just wait till Monday and find out what happened. Uh, not sure yet, but I know it's it's going to be it's, it's going to be a, a great event, and uh, and I know everybody involved looking forward to it. I just found out today, uh, Chris, that the commentators for this uh, huge event. Is going to be none other than the the voices of our childhood, the voices of Jim Crockett Promotions, David Crockett, Tony Schiavone calling all the matches. It's going to be something else. Well, it's going to be great. You know, the voices of the NWA and WCW on on 
you know, Superstation WTBS from back in the day, you know, 605 Saturday night, you had to turn it on. And, you know, it's, it's going to be great. Um, you know, for me, you know, honestly, Tony, with, with social media and, and, and technology, I, I, it wouldn't be surprised if, if this match was up online with, with, with in an hour of it oh, taking yeah. place just by people filming it from their phones or with tablets or whatever they're doing that are in the crowd, you know, I, you know, that's just me uh, personally, but I mean, you know, I think there still remains that, that, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my hands around it all to an extent. Nashville, the whole thing still just doesn't resonate with me that they're going to, have his final match in Nashville. It was a city that Flair rarely wrestled in, if at all, right. uh, especially in his NWA heyday. It was not a stop on the NWA tour at all. I think maybe the closest they may have came was Johnson City, yeah. if I'm you're not mistaken. You're 100% right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, the opponent's, the whole thing, just the whole thing, just when it, from the start of who the partners, opponents would be, it, it's been kind of a carousel, um, you know. And then I'm also thinking of what is the production of this program going to be like from a television standpoint? You, you, you know, camera shoots, you know, just overall quality and production. You know, I'm sure it'll be top notch, but there's always that. <laughs> you know, this is a one off. Yeah, <laughs> this is not. Sure. Well, this is not. Well, this is not. We're filming uh, uh, every Monday night, so there's a lot. You know, you know, to going into this, and then you just want it to be a. And I think honestly, the, there probably are going to be some really good quality matches on the undercard. Um, that might catch some people off guard um, because there's just so much focus on the final match, the main event, that it's like, well, who is on the rest of the card? <laughs> you know, or really what's going on? Because, again, the buildups for this, these are all kind of one-off yeah. matches in Nashville, and, you know, there's no follow-up. So, it really, it's it's going to be an interesting dynamic. It, it definitely is, and uh, I, I know another match that I'm looking forward to is uh, mm -hmm. seeing the uh, one half of the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and his son, uh, taking on uh, Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman's son. That is a, I, I think that's that's going to be a really good match. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's getting everybody, uh, you know, from all all eras, uh, locked in on this match. Yeah. So that's 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 definitely going to be something to see as well. Absolutely, it's it, it you know it's a throwback to yesteryear, to to what's happening now in professional wrestling, and and there's an international flavor to this show just by the other promotions and talent that they're using, which is different. It's unique. Um, you know, it, it'll be good entertainment for a Sunday night. The Nashville Auditorium is going to be on fire. Um, you know, it's a big weekend in Nashville with. Uh, New Japan's in town. It, obviously, it's SummerSlam weekend, um, which is actually a little traditionally earlier than in prior summers. SummerSlam is normally usually towards the middle August 
time frame or even towards the end of August. It's somewhat early this year for whatever reason, at least in my mind. Uh, I've never known it to be in July personally, but, um, you know, there's just shifts happening in, in wrestling, but it just seems Nashville has, for whatever reason, this synergy of becoming the epicenter of wrestling, at least for the last weekend of July uh, 2022. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was about to say, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, you're definitely going to get your fix this weekend with, uh, it seems like all the major companies are involved. Even we got WWE, like you said, their big pay-per-view, SummerSlam. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, I, I look for SummerSlam to be a lot different than uh, I think what was planned earlier after the uh, uh, announcement of Mr. McMahon retiring. Uh, and, and, of course, we're going to get more into that uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, but one thing I do want to bring up, uh, Chris, is uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday, 5.30 p.m., and good old Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. at a place called Resident Culture. And that, um, that, that place is located at 2101 Central Avenue in Charlotte, uh, the NAWA is bringing rage in the cage. Uh, I mean, what what more can uh, can a Carolina boy ask for? Uh, food trucks, beer, and wrestling. Uh, of course, as you know, there's only one thing missing, and we know what that is: girls, girls, girls. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of those in the crowd uh, on hand to uh, witness the rage in the cage put on by the NAWA. Uh, bell time is 5.30, and yours truly is going to be there. Uh, and, uh, Chris, I know that, that you have a prior engagement uh, with the Jason Aldean show coming uh, mm-hmm. to, to Charlotte. You'll be busy with that, but I'm going to be at the Rage in the Cage, and I'm hoping that on next week's podcast I will announce uh, a new championship that I, I'm going to win. I just know it. I feel it in my body and my brain and my mind. And uh, I'm I'm ready for that. But not only that, next week we have an exciting guest. Um, Corey Etzel is coming back to the show. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of you fans may remember he was on, uh, the, you know, this past year. He is coming back, and uh, uh, he's and 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 he is also uh, he actually just just become a champion uh, and a couple of organizations. Uh, so we're, we're going to be talking to him about that and that all that's coming up next week. Uh, but right now we got one more quick break. And when we come back, it is the Vince McMahon story coming up next on the binge buster show. Surprise for you, for Mr. Mac Daddy. Ruthless aggression. I'm gonna stop being so damn nice. You're fired. You're fired. Yeah. You're fired. You're fired. You're gonna burn in hell. You mess with me, I'll make hell look like Sunday school. I own. My own competition. Shut up! Drinking on the job? What the hell is this? The WWF is mine. WCW is buried. Anything about the original ECW? 
sucks. Shut up! There is no chance in hell! Suck it! Stand up, you make me sick! If you're an imbecile and you're from Hartford, you'll say... That's my point. I'm gonna kill it! Oh, hell no! Your record sucks! What the hell kind of name is Dreamer? Michael Cole! Shut up! You're fired. You're fired. Yes. You're fired. Stone Cold, screw you. You're fired. It's all about the money. I'm your genetic jackhammer. You will worship me. It's me, Austin. Mr. Sucko. Where's my picture? Where's my football? Handsome son of a... Peace out, my brothers! Daddy's coming home! She just took a trump. Brett screwed Brett. You deserve to be screwed! You deserve to be screwed! I will never, ever forgive your mother for giving birth to you. Life sucks, and then you die! All right, fans, we are back here on the Binge Buster Show. Uh, Chris, man, I, I you know there, there have been a lot of wrestling promoters in the world, but none will ever be as great as Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He was born August the 24th, 1945, and of all places, Pinehurst, North Carolina. Uh, he went to college at East Carolina University, so even though a lot of people think that you know he's associated from being and from Connecticut, uh, yeah, he did live there, but he was born. He is a Carolina boy, Chris. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm learning some facts that I did not know that you're pulling out of the out of the woodwork. But no, uh, Vince McMahon, um, he. <sighs> I mean, Tony, he inherited the business or, you know, you know, from his father, then senior, um, you know, he, which when Vince senior was running it, it truly wasn't a territorial organization, you know, primarily in the Northeast and then select major markets in the U S but it was primarily from Washington, DC, Philadelphia, up through the Northeast, the WWF at that time the worldwide wrestling federation. And then, you know, when Vince took it over and purchased it from his dad, he just had a vision that he could take this thing national. And, and that really was his vision. And he came in at, you know, at the right time, he, he earned his stripes and, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, the WWF, it's kind of the same parallel story to MTV. I mean, they capitalized on cable television, the rise of cable and syndication TV, and that's really how it went national from there. And Hulk Hogan comes out of nowhere, and you start making all these wrestlers into personalities and characters, and, you know, the rest is history. Um, You know, in in WrestleMania, and, and, and then it goes on and on, and that's where they are today but you know you got to give it up to Vince McMahon he had a, a vision that you know came to fruition and and of where he thought wrestling can go to yeah um you know uh you know he started out as a 
um, commentator for his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he commentated in the 70s, uh, and then in the 80s, early 80s, he uh, purchased the company from his father, uh, yeah. but he had this vision of not being just a regional promotion like all the other companies were at the time. He wanted to be worldwide. Uh, he uh, began expanding the company nationally by by promoting in areas outside of the company's northeast stomping grounds and started signing talent from other companies from from uh, from like the AWA. Uh, he, he recruited Hulk Hogan in 1984 uh, and pretty much seemed like overnight Hogan become a megastar, uh, not only starring, uh, co-starring in Rocky, but also uh, Hogan uh, had his own cartoon. Uh, the Rock and Wrestling Connection started with Sidney Lauper and MTV. Uh, and then, of course, on March the 31st, 1985, um, Vince came up with WrestleMania, uh, and it was held at Madison Square Garden, but it was also sold on closed-circuit television uh, in various mm-hmm. markets throughout the United States. Uh, and McMahon's success of birth in WrestleMania in the 80s had a significant impact on professional wrestling in the 1980s, and which I think helped, uh, you know, it, it kind of helped give us what they call the golden age era of wrestling, uh, the '80s, man, wrestling was very hot. It was all it was worldwide, uh, you know. But at the time, not only did you have the WWF, but you had the NWA. You had World Class Championship Wrestling, uh, and it just seems like there was wrestling companies all over the world. But Vince was definitely, um, you know, way way ahead of his time. Uh, I know a lot of people were like scratching their head, going, "Why does he have Liberace here?" Why does he have that? But but what he was doing was he was getting that national exposure, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then later on having Saturday night's main event taking place on uh, first that started off on MTV, uh, and then from there it branched off to NBC, and then f- from that I mean we could talk for hours about all the things that happened uh, in the eighties, uh, and of course then the nineties come around. Uh, he started calling out the new generation era. Uh, he, he he started going from the big guys like Hogan and Andre to smaller, faster guys like Bret Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, and then in uh, 1999, we can uh, never forget uh, the Monday Night Wars. Uh, and of course, uh, he uh, purchased. Uh, you know, for for eight, you know, so all those weeks went by as the WCW and WWE fought over who was going to be the number one Monday night television show. Uh, but then all that came to an end uh, on uh, March the twenty third, two thousand one. Incidentally, that was my birthday. Um, but uh, we we find out that McMahon purchased WCW, and the Monday Night Wars came to an end. Again, Mr. McMahon victorious because of his his, his you know his thought process uh, and uh, and I mean he, he's like like I said he's he's a promoter that no one will ever replicate uh, I don't think in in our lifetime at least Chris. Oh no 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 there there will not be another promoter like Vince McMahon. Um, it's very mainstream corporate now. Um, you know, 
and I'm going to say this, Tony, you, you know, when the WWF, you know, when, when it went on cable television and it went nationwide, I still, I still feel organically the other organizations that were still territorial reaped benefits off of what the WWF did because it opened up everyone's eyes and they're like, okay, wow, there's wrestling on ESPN. There's wrestling on WTBS. There's wrestling in in local markets and, and, and other organizations like the NWA and world-class and the AWA and uh, the UWF and others. I think they reaped off of that trickle down effect in, in promoting their talent and, what they were doing in wrestling as well. I I think we all knew at that time, okay, the WWF is, is head and shoulders above those groups, but there was also some very good wrestling, you know, still regionally going on as well. And I I think everyone benefited from it at at, at some level along the way. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, um, there, you know, everybody benefited uh, when I say everybody, I'm talking about all the promoters. They all benefited because of the mainstream media that the WWF and Vince McMahon was was causing uh, in their 80s, and then and then of course into the 90s too. Um, you know, it, I, I, I know we, we we say this all the time. You know, now is a great time to be a wrestling fan, but the best time to have been a wrestling fan was in the 80s when you and I were growing up and uh mm-hmm. I mean we uh we uh saw the 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 wrestling boom of the 80s uh we we also saw it fizzle out but and we also saw Vince bring it back uh you know to what it is today uh but but the but not only uh was he a wrestling promoter is he a wrestling promoter but he also had that vision of okay I'm I'm going to get away from this wrestling name and we're, we're going to become sports entertainers. Uh, and then from there he started, you know, uh, making action figures and making ice cream. And, and and it's almost like, you know, it's almost like he was the Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley of wrestling, uh, because he figured out a way to put a wrestler's face on everything under the moon, sun and stars. Uh, but I think the coolest thing that, that he ever done and I had this vision when I was a kid, but I had no idea how to make how to pull it off. But I, I remember as a kid telling my dad, you know, I wish that there was a channel I could turn on where all it all it shows is wrestling, as you know, t- wrestling twenty four hours a day. And my dad's like, son, that you know, I don't think that ever happened. Of course, dad passed away and didn't get to see this. But in two thousand um, and fourteen. Uh, Vince McMahon embarked on a uh, on a, a number of WWE related ventures, uh, but but the most important one that that year was he came out with the WWE Network, and it was basically like Netflix of wrestling. Uh, you could watch anything and everything, and uh, I thought that was a really cool concept, um, and uh, just just an awesome time. You know, uh, now we can go back because of Vince McMahon. And the WWE Network, and we can go back and watch and and relive those those childhood days and some of those mm-hmm. real classic matches. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And if there's one thing I want to touch upon here. You know, when Vince McMahon, you know, when WCW was starting to pluck talent out of the WWF. First, it was Scott Hall. Okay, then it was Kevin Nash. 
Okay. Then when they got Hogan, I, you know, I think some people may have thought, wow, the WWF is all done. They lost the number one guy. They lost the face of the organization. And at one point, WCW was ahead of the WWF in, in the ratings and the wars and what was going on. And there were probably some shaky times, but then Vince McMahon got creative and all of a sudden here comes, you know, Dwayne Johnson becomes the rock. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. And you have all these elements and he just knew how to make characters out of, you know, guys that were wrestlers in the ring. And it was like, it was because I would have thought, you know, you lose Hulk Hogan, you're done. You know, and for some organizations, some regional groups, they would have been crushed. But he has survived over the decades. And, you know, the WWE is, 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 is the standard. Um, you know, have they ever had the greatest wrestlers in the world? They've had many great wrestlers, but there have been other great wrestlers in other groups as well. Um, and, you know, whoever thought that Ric Flair one day would wrestle in the WWF? I think at one point, Tony, it was maybe unimaginable that yeah. Ric Flair would wrestle there. But he did. He took the world, uh, what, the NWA championship world belt and brought it to the WWF. And so there were things that happened that I think you and I sitting in the stands would say that would never, ever happen. Right. But it did. It happened. So I think that's what makes wrestling so great. You never know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, 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 it's a man's soap opera. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's Broadway, it's sports, it's everything wrapped in one, uh, and and all that is uh, you know ha has to be commended because of uh, the the visionary of Vince McMahon. Um, now, unfortunately, as the years go by, WWE will will venture out and do several things, but then also uh, will uh, come back, and uh, of course, you know, there's always that fall from grace. And following claims of hush money agreements, Mr. McMahon paid over alleged affairs with former WWE employees. Uh, Vince McMahon stepped down as CEO and chairman of mm -hmm. WWE on June the 17th, pending the conclusion of an internal investigation, uh, and placed his daughter, Stephanie, in charge. But on July 22nd, Mr. McMahon announced his retirement, and thus now we are Actually, in uh, you know, back in the '90s, Chris, we uh, we heard of the uh, of the uh, the the McMahon Hemsley era, and now here we are, 2022, and it's about to be all the same all over again. Except this time, they are going to be in charge from here on out. Yeah, um, that's the way it's looking like. It um, this is taking place at a interesting time you're going into one of your you know i would say second or third top pay-per-view of the year outside of wrestlemania um stepping down just days before um you know this uh, i believe i've read online that um that that triple h is going to have a hand in in all the storylines this sunday um as well uh, so it's an interesting time to be in the WWE. 
I also read earlier Vince McMahon sold a uh, a very large uh, share of his stock um, either yesterday or today to the tune of nearly $3 million or forfeited it, I believe. Um, so, you know, there are things happening within, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in the McMahon household right now right? <laughs> yeah. with things that are happening and it must be some interesting conversations around the uh, breakfast or dinner or lunch table, um, yeah. you know, but <sighs> they're going to persevere some way, somehow, but um, Vince McMahon, this is a, a story that I think is going to have some layers and some chapters um, um, to it. Just for the WWE standpoint, they need to focus on the product in the ring and the promotion of, of their talent in the ring to help deflect a lot of what's going to be happening outside the ring. And I'm sure they're going to have their top people in place and to, for damage control. Yeah, I, I I believe so. Uh, I know they're, they're. I'm sure they've. I'm sure he's lawyered up, uh, and we're mm -hmm. just kind of waiting to see uh, what where all these allegations of hush money uh, actually uh, how it pans out. But I, you know, at the end of the day, I hope everything works out for Mr. McMahon. Um, but I think that now WWE is going to go into a whole different uh, direction. And I think that uh, you know now you know I, I know I know they announced last week of going to a PG thirteen or PG fourteen uh, rating. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to, to to you know to seeing how Triple H and Stephanie uh, can take the WWE and turn it around. And hopefully, uh, you know I would love to see wrestling get back to how it was in the '90s, being red hot. Uh, you didn't know what was going to happen from day to, from show to show. Who's going to show up? Who's going to leave? Uh, that's the kind of stuff I that that makes me a, a wrestling fan, and I enjoy. And of course, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing that again. Mm -hmm. uh, but Chris, next week we got um, our guest uh, Corey Essels coming mm -hmm. on the show. Uh, he's going to be talking about, like I said, he'll be talking about uh, his latest championships and uh, how he. Uh, left wrestling, came back, and now he's on fire all over again. Uh, and, of course, next week, fans, we hope to have uh, some um, results of Ric Flair's last match. I'm sure we'll have a big thing to talk about next week. Chris, tomorrow you got your Jason Aldean show. I got my big wrestling That's match. It. It's going to be a great weekend. Man, it's going to be a great weekend, Tony. And Before we get into that, looking forward to – uh, catching up with, with, with Corey next week. I'm, I know he's going to have some great stories for us and, and some, and some backdrop on what's going on in, 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 in his area, but boy, and I know you're fired up for the NAWA show tomorrow night. Resident culture brewery is going to be on fire. I've heard they, they brewed extra beer this week, just for, <laughs> just for tomorrow night. And, uh, um, you know, wishing you the best of luck stepping, stepping in the squared circle. And then that big steel cage match is going to, uh, tear the place down to, to end the evening. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure. And you know, SummerSlam, Ric Flair's final match, you know, it's, it's wide open this weekend and yes, concerts, Jason Aldean tomorrow night, the summer concert season keeps moving along. And, uh, uh but Tony, I, I gotta think, I gotta think Sunday night. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to go down. It's going to be a flurry to the finish. It's going to be anti-climatic, but I got to think the dirtiest player in the game is somehow 
going to come out on top Sunday night. And I don't know if it's going to be clean. I don't think it's going to be clean. No. But somehow, I think the old Ric Flair of back in the day, you're going to see catch some people off guard at the very end. I, 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 I just cannot see him not having his hand raised in the middle of the ring. I, I, I would be shocked. Yeah, and uh, I know I was talking to Flair earlier this week, and he told me, he said, uh, Tony, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bringing two blades, one for me, one for Jared. <laughs> so I know he's ready. Uh, and, uh, man, if, uh, you know, golly, Nashville's going to be on fire this, this week, and I'm sure Flair is going to bleed from – from his head to his boots, and uh, it's definitely going to be a bloodbath. And uh, man, it's and it's definitely going to be a match for the ages. No, like I said, no pun intended. But it's going to be a, a great match. I, I've seen Flair's workouts. He has put everything, uh, you know, everything into this match. And I, I, you know, regardless of what people say, I think we're all going to be impressed with the uh, with the performance that the Nature Boy puts out this this coming Sunday. I, I, I believe so. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can see all four of these guys, um, especially for son-in-law, who's really the, the young buck in this thing, um, you know, looking over their shoulder. I mean, if I'm lethal and Jared, I know I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm not just talking the locker room uh, aisle either. Cause if there's horsemen in the building, they could be coming from any angles. It wouldn't be surprised if some came out from under the ring. Yep. You just I mean, know. you know, so, <laughs> and, and, you know, and if I'm flair, I, I may be looking over my shoulder as well. I mean, you can't trust a Jeff Jarrett or a Jay lethal. I, I wouldn't trust anyone stepping into the squared circle. Cause I think if, if anything could happen, this is the show it's going to happen at. And uh, yeah, I still think at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, Flair is going to end up somehow on top, you know, you know, walking back to the locker room with that, with the spotlights glaring on him and, and, and only as Ric Flair fashion can do it. Yep. That's for sure. Well, fans, uh, like I said, make, make sure you, uh, check out Ric Flair's last match this weekend. Uh, if you're in Charlotte, come by and see me, uh, at resident culture or go hang out with Chris at the Jason Aldean Show. There's lots to do this weekend, uh, but that's going to wrap us up this week, and we will see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Download us on your favorite podcast platform.